You're listening to Legends Cast, a proud member of the Camp Legend Podcasting Network. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash camplegend. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast Season 4, The Starter Set. I'm one of your hosts, Mark, or the lift from outside of Pittsburgh, PA. And with me today, I have my legendary and ever physical host, Dead Broke Nerd, and my catastrophically creative and eternally optimistic co-host, Gibbles and Bits. Wow, mouthful, saying it too fast. Give me a bit. Give me in bits. Gibbles and Bits, how you doing today, <laughs> bro? Oh. Come grab a seat by the heart. I'm doing good, man. I'm uh, I'm I'm trying to throw a new phrase from the the tavern keeper every episode that we're doing hearthstone but i am i'm good it's it's been a couple weeks since we've recorded an episode of hearthstone but glad to be back in the studio it has been uh my last couple weeks have been filled with all sorts of travel both good and bad uh as the the countdown begins to the arrival of my family expansion i'm trying to use gaming terms here Mm. so that's what i'm going to call it as my family expansion being uh my my daughter that'll be here in the end of september so uh we're, we're we're getting the crib together and while we're not getting the crib together i'm playing uh hearthstone i'm playing pokemon unite diablo 4 you guys have been jamming i think that. i think diablo 4 i don't know if we talked about it on the last episode but uh dbn and i are full full deep in a campaign now yeah we're having a it's nice it's nice to be able to go through the campaign with somebody else who also has a busy like like life yeah so that way we just pick up right where we left off and there's like zero like oh come on man like i've 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 already created like seven other characters and gotten this far with them no we've we've been keeping our our main characters and that's what we're going through the campaign on and i'm only as far as him and he's only as far as me and i think until we get through the campaign it's going to stay like that. Yeah. I mean, I've been excited to play Diablo four. I know Gibby has been too. And we, uh, but it's one of those things where like, I have other games to play. And so it's like, as excited I am for that game, you know, I don't mind slow playing it, uh, you know, and, and playing it with a friend, which that's a great game to, to pair up and, you know, play a, a a co-op campaign on. And we've just been enjoying, um, this, uh, you know, the exploratory phase of the game, right? Like inevitably there's a bunch of people who've probably, you know, maxed out characters and I've already run out of things to do in the game. I, I really don't know, but I do know I, that I'm getting like tons and tons of recommended articles on my phone and everything <laughs> all the time about Diablo. And this is what the new season's going to be. And these players are complaining about this feature and this feature. And I'm like, I don't know what any of this is uh, because I'm still like level 30 and uh, have only completed act one. <laughs> but uh but we're also, having a good times also game is awesome stop complaining but two you know you know what uh diablo is really bad for diablo is really bad if you have a short attention span because one oh yeah true there are so many enticing side quests like skyrim yeah there are mm. so many enticing side quests and things to do in the world around you that if you truly do want to get through the campaign and you want to stay on the main storyline you're gonna have a really tough time because you're going to want to help be this little person exclamation points this everywhere. person. Yeah. And I'm I'm struggling to keep up with with DBN who is collecting every and any side quest that you got to collect them all so you can do them later. You got 100 percent. No. Oh, OK, I'm not doing all the side quests for what's worth. I'm just collecting them so that if I if there's an opportunity to complete one of the side quests along the way to the main quest, I don't miss that opportunity. It's called efficiency, baby. Well, while Gibby and DBN have been playing Diablo together, DBN and I have been playing Destiny together as well. And so we did a blind run of the new dungeon several weeks after everyone had already completed it. So we we did have to work for it to be blind. Like we had to intentionally not click any of the articles or YouTube videos that got recommended to us. Uh, It took us hours and hours and hours, but it was so much fun. Super Um, satisfying too. And and like blind running it as a duo. Indeed. Yeah. Which is a lot harder than blind running. It as a trio for sure. Yes. <laughs> um, way harder. And we did it and have run it again and we'll run it again. And it was fun. It was really, really yeah. great. Um, I, uh, I got to spend this last weekend at Origins Game Fair in Columbus, Ohio, uh, which is a board game and card game convention. And also a lot of other weird stuff, as it turns out. Um, I mean, oh, 
wow um but very cool uh so we got to help out in the booth called a game found booth which is like a kickstarter for board games exclusively so I spent the entire weekend uh for the most part teaching strangers uh the witcher 3 old world board game uh which are the witcher 3 the witcher old world board game um and uh, lo- you know loosely based off of the witcher 3 uh but hundreds of years in the past something like that freaking awesome game uh and picked up some really cool games in the process uh picked up some bad games too i made my uh i made my hopefully once in a lifetime really poor decision based entirely off of art knowing nothing about the game and spending a hundred dollars poorly decision uh right off the bat when i got to the show so that's good i now own the stuff of legend board game which is trash um winner winner chicken dinner uh oh no yeah so it happens it happens but it was super fun uh it was my first ever board game convention um, I guess the attendance was like really low. I, I don't know. It seemed like there was a lot of people there, but they said the attendance was really low. Either way, was super, super cool and brought home some pretty cool board games. Ended up bringing uh, uh, Nemesis Lockdown, uh, which is like the movie Alien in board game form, except you're on a space base in Mars trying to escape uh, before the aliens that have infested the dark corridors of the Mars base uh, find you and consume you. Uh really really cool game um and so that guy came home with me along with a handful of others um a a little game called 10 penny parks this is not a board game podcast by the way 10 penny parks which is it's like roller coaster tycoon uh the board game which is really freaking fun and really cool so uh but this is uh this is this is a podcast about uh about card games digital card games and we're talking about hearthstone this month and next uh we were going to record last week and get you an episode but gibby uh, do you want to tell you want to tell the listeners uh, about your your favorite flight story? Oh my goodness! Has had anybody ever dreamed about getting stuck overnight in the Philly airport? No, I know I have. Not you either. <laughs> it was. I already earth. didn't. I already don't like. And I'm sorry for any of our listeners if you are from here I'm or have any sorry. sorts of ties to the area. Yeah, you don't have to apologize. Um, Philly's the worst. Philly is okay. Philly's the worst city. I have I have a lot of family that live close to Philly, so that's where we had to fly into uh, for uh, the baby shower. But flying out of Philly was the worst. Sat on a plane for six hours through a litany of of incompetence of American Airlines, and only for my flight to get canceled and us have to leave the airport to go grab our checked bag and then sit out pretty much in the exterior, the interior exterior, if that makes sense, like outside of TSA, like where everything comfortable happens, yeah. like on the inside of the <laughs> airport. Um, we had to spend all night there because Air American Airlines wouldn't pay for a hotel for us because we didn't rebook with them two days later on a flight that was the most inconvenient thing possible. So we ended up booking on Delta. Delta's flights were fantastic getting us back, but we spent all night. They made American Airlines made my pregnant wife spend all night in the airport sitting in a smelly urine soaked seat from probably someone, someone homeless. Welcome um, to Philly. It was awful. It was it was the worst travel experience I've ever had. Therefore, I got home around eleven o'clock in the morning and worked the rest of the stayed up and worked the rest of the day. But that means I couldn't have I wasn't able to podcast yeah. that day. So I apologize to both of you and our listeners for delaying you a week. But just know it was it was not out of out of choice. It was out of absolute mayhem and through many tears. Yeah, it was a tough night for you guys. I mean, I've had some bad nights in the airport. Uh, I'm yet to have the I'm stuck here all night. And I hope I never have the I'm stuck outside the airport all night uh, experience. And so sorry, man. I mean, I bet you I don't feel like I roll. I don't feel like I could say this very often, but I feel like I rolled a nat one. Like, I feel like there was a nat one on a flight check. And I and if you've loved it. If I flubbed if it. you've played RPGs with Gibby, you do know he literally doesn't have to say that very often. That's true. Um, That's true. I think <laughs> I think Philadelphia is just granting disadvantage to the entire populace. So, oh my um, gosh, it's just <laughs> what dude. what a, what a nerdy way to say like <laughs> just to suck. diss a city, an entire city. Oh, your whole city's got disadvantage. It suck. It's the I'm worst. Gonna, I hate I'm that gonna... city with a burning passion. We can move on. I'm getting mad, guys. I'm getting worked <laughs> up here. Right before we talk about her stuff, right. we'll just send a letter to every resident in Philly that says, please move. move. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Just please move. Um, eliminate the city. Well, guys, uh, we are talking about Hearthstone, and we have Alden playing sort of on and off. I'm doing some traveling. Gibby doing some traveling. DBN getting back from a little bit of traveling. Um, it is the summer months, and so yeah. good news is Hearthstone goes everywhere in our phones. The bad news is sometimes when you're traveling, you just don't have a lot of time to concentrate on sitting down and really playing a game enough to like study it, which I've I've realized in this season, like this at this on the string of episodes, right? Um, more so than I have in the other ones that I'm a lot more uh, capable of really focusing in on the game um, when I have the ability to do sort of undivided attention and I can sit at my computer, actually. Um, so the most that I've gotten to play Hearthstone has actually been sitting on the couch at our like house thing that we were gifted to use uh, in South Carolina at the beach a week or so ago and played a lot of Hearthstone over the course of a couple of specific mornings. And so I'm going to have a couple of things that I can add in and say, these guys have been playing Hearthstone as they've been able to as well. We're going to be talking about building a collection a little bit today, but more than anything, what I'm, what I'm realizing is a lot of our Hearthstone stuff is just going to be realistically. These episodes are going to be us coming in and updating and saying, Hey, this has been our experience in Hearthstone as we've been coming back to it as we've been reorienting to it, as we've been trying out the new stuff. There's not as much of a linear path in Hearthstone to follow as there once was and as there is in a lot of other card games, simply because mercenaries and uh, the other form that everybody, uh, Battlegrounds, um, are so very, very popular. And also, to be honest, very, very different. Um, One of the interesting things is I talked to somebody at the con that uh, knew of our show um, because they were a Legends of Runeterra player, and uh, which was kind of cool. And um, they said, like, they've only ever played uh, LOR in the Path of the Champions. Like, they love Path of Champions, which I never met somebody like that. Like, I know that everyone was saying that was a thing, but I never met one of those people before. So I thought it was a lie. But I met one of those people over the course of this last weekend, which I thought was kind of interesting. And I think Hearthstone is more that way. Like, I think <laughs> I think there are more and more people probably that split into one of the three game modes in Hearthstone and kind of camp out there and probably live mm-hmm. there. So, Gibby, why don't you go first? Tell us about your experience in Hearthstone. What have you been playing the past couple of weeks in the, in, inside the planet? Yeah, I mean, I've been continuing to play. It's a lot of the same of what I was doing previously, which was... I can still say that I haven't touched Battlegrounds, so I will not be I will not be your uh, Battlegrounds host expert. But I have been playing some more mercenaries. I've uh, been continuing to uh, collect bounties, grow my uh, my mercenary pool, uh, level them up, and getting some new abilities. But mostly, it's been Hearthstone proper. Oh, interesting. Because I, I wanted to, I wanted to take my returning player experience and focus on truly making it a returning player experience, which would have, which would be engaging in the same material that I was before, being Hearthstone proper, also still enjoying the arena. I think of the three of us, and I could be wrong, um, but I think the three of us have probably spent the most time in arena. Have have either of you been been dabbling in that since since coming back to the game? I haven't touched Arena yet. No. Which surprises me because you loved Expedition and you were like our Expedition expert, which is the equivalent of Arena in LOR. Um, in LOR, which which I thought I thought that you my, would you would have touched. My that. memories of Hearthstone Arena from five years ago are nightmarish. They are And why is that? I was so bad at it. I was I was so, 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 so bad at it. And so I don't know. I mean I honestly I don't know where the button is for it. <laughs> I have so, yeah, not looked so, for the button yet. So that's valid, though. That's a valid point. I had to go searching for it. And I was like, there's no way they got rid of the game mode. But specifically, it's in the modes. You have to click the modes button, and then it's there in Arena. Like, Oh, it's, like where Tavern Brawl is hidden, which I yeah. also can't access right now. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's the, first, it's the first button when you go to modes of like the additional modes. But... Um, I've been playing quite a bit of arena because not only has it given me and we'll, we'll talk about maybe the importance of some other of, of modes like arena, but it, it has given me access to understanding more of the card pool Mm. without actually having to have collected some of the cards and play through them and also play different deck types that have made me help me understand maybe some kind of where tempo is or what some of the better classes are right now. 
granted arena isn't always the best gauge because you do have the ability to pull more copies into an arena deck than you do have the ability to put them in your deck in what is formerly known as constructed and constructed play. So I, I still think that arena has given me some valuable information into the returning player experience and helping build and understand my collection. You also get rewards at the end of it, which is also great for collection collection. So it's, it's been enjoyable for me to spend time in the game on these on these runs and seeing what I can accomplish. It's giving me rewards out of it, depending on how well I do to help build my collection anyway, so it doesn't feel like it's a waste of time. But it's also, and it's translating directly into the other half of my, my Hearthstone proper experience with Constructed of, okay, now I've got cards that I just earned from Arena, or I've got dust and coins and things like that that I can now start crafting with. And maybe build my collection out a little bit and then I can take all of that and I can now go into maybe trying to rank up a bit. So um, I spent a lot more time mercenaries on kind of here and there when I've got 30 minutes, when I've got 45 minutes to be able to accomplish a mercenary run. My, my personal opinion is I don't like to, I don't want to start a mercenary run and then forget about it. Mm. I only want to play mercenaries when I've got the time to, start one and finish one all together, which is sometimes shorter than I intended to be if I just get absolutely mollywopped by something I didn't see coming. But yeah, I think I think Hearthstone has been good for me to be able to play because it hasn't been a overwhelming time commitment. Like I'm okay starting an arena run and then forgetting about it and then coming back to it because I can just look at the deck and, be, and remind myself, oh yeah, this is what I did last time. This is how I drafted it. But I felt there are there have been other games in the past where I have felt like I've needed to sit down and play it for longer. And it's a little bit more of a time commitment. Like you at minimum are a 10 to 15 time commitment just to play one game and unite, which isn't necessarily the most conducive to a busy schedule where Hearthstone, I can probably get away with something for five, 10 minutes if I really needed to, and then go back to doing whatever I was doing. And most of my progress for depending on what I'm doing will still be there. So it's been mercenaries, arena, and then Hearthstone proper. I think it's, it's been my experience over the last week. DBN, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I, if I remember correctly, back in the day at least, arena was the fastest and best way to build up a collection. Arguably, like that was that was, was frequently the recommendation of avid players, streamers, content creators to a new player. Go play arena. Yeah, except I always thought that was a uh, baloney take. Um, mm. because arena is a poor use of your money if you're not good at the game yet and you don't know the cards and you don't understand tempo and you don't understand especially if you're a new player that that jumps in with an understanding of the meta arena has no meta or rather arena is um played completely differently and you draft decks completely differently because if you take like taking the tempo early uh is a thing in arena and you always want to try to unless you're really capable of drafting incredible um you know board clears and board resets there's no way you're going to win a game uh, enough games in arena um without having a very different approach to the game which is playing almost like an aggro or mid-range strategy where you're building and protecting threats on board which is how og hearthstone was played in the first you know year or two of its existence but is no longer how the game is played at all and so the recommendation that oh as a new player just go play a bunch of arena modes the problem is you don't make a profit uh on your uh, gold investment until after three wins and so oh interesting i think it's higher than that i think you it used to it be... used to be three wins you'd get your money back like effectively you'd get an equivalent exchange and after three wins is would be where you would start making back more than before. And so, yes, it is a great way to play if you're already good at the game, but it's, uh, and you understand the nuance in arena as opposed to standard meta. But I always thought it was a terrible way to encourage new players to do it because they didn't have a deep enough understanding of the game and the differences. You can learn how to be good at meta Hearthstone because especially in, in near when I first stopped playing, 
you basically had rock, paper, scissors formats where it was like, okay, you understand those matchups on paper. You can play the game. You don't even really need to be that skill expressive. Some of these decks are just, you know, working a formula, right? But, you know, if you didn't understand that, it was a terrible idea to go and jam a bunch of arena games because you were likely to lose uh, a lot of your gold to it. And yeah, you get some things back, but not at the same like exchange rate that you would if you just opened packs. So, it, you know, I don't know if that remains true today. I suspect it does um, because I just don't see Blizzard changing their in-game economy in that way. But, you know, I don't know. I think um, if you get, I think I have some free tickets like for free arena runs. So like, that's probably a great way to encourage doing it. And that's, you know, no, no, nothing lost, you know? Uh, yeah, so why not do time it? time investment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you get something for it. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember which system it was. I, I, I'm thinking it was Tessel where it was like always a better thing to put your money into arena if you would give it the time. And that might, that might be wrong. It actually might be expedition, right? Cause you were like always guaranteed a pack equivalent or something like yeah, that. Yeah. I think with a uh, Tessel, it was, a, it was a good, uh, you, you, I think you could play arena against the computer. And mm-hmm. um, up, up until you beat the arena, a certain number of times, the rewards were fantastic for playing arena against the computer and because it was against the computer with these themed decks like you would get uh it was a little bit easier to get your first you know three four five wins and so you'd get a great return on your on your coin um and then yeah i mean i even used to stream some arena runs and and um uh tessel and yeah i think that was frankly i felt like that was a better game and also a better Mm -hmm. arena format (laughs) but that's I, i agree I agree. Well, Deviant, tell us about your last week or two playing Hearthstone, building up a collection, checking out different things in it. Yeah. So unfortunately, I've been traveling on the weekends a lot all month, just like you guys. And also, unfortunately, my phone is a lot older than both of yours. So it struggles to handle Hearthstone, um, which is kind of frustrating because um, Hearthstone is so big now, you know, like compared to what it was. And it was already a huge, you know, app you know three four years ago and now it's even bigger with more game modes and more things and just the loading time on the main menu for my phone is just awful um so that's just been a frustrating um i have been playing it on my computer when i'm around but i gotta be honest you know um i've run into some and we can talk about what these frustrations are at a different time if we want this is sort of a critique of the game um based on my maybe my just my preferences but i think it holds true for like um, power and, and balance in the standard um, game mode. Um, I have found that despite I will log on and do some quests and play some games on the ladder, I've been very frustrated with the standard uh, gameplay, even though uh, I am playing a couple decks which are supposedly, according to these meta lists, like cl- very close uh, to the lists that are ranked usually like A tier or whatever. And um, I've been having a hard time with it. I got to be honest, like I'm, you know, hopefully uh, if you're a longtime listener, you uh, trust that I'm not a, a, a CCG slouch. Um, I'm not bad at this game. I don't think maybe a little out of practice, but the difference that one or two legendaries makes in these lists is incredible. At least oh, yeah. the list that I'm trying to play. Additionally, um, despite being a returning player and sitting at the bottom of bronze or whatever, when I started playing standard, uh last time I reported to you guys that I only was seeming to get um you know new players or not new players um you know players with full collections and fully you know meta decks and uh we hypothesized maybe that was because the season had started um but that has still remained the case um I'm mm-hmm. only at the bottom of you know bronze or whatever I moved up a bit but you know all the way down in the dumpster tiers I'm still only playing people with a maxed out, blinged out meta list. And I have not even been able to complete a full meta hunter list. I'm close, but I still don't, I'm still missing like a key legendary for that list. Um, and it's not a bad deck and I get some wins, you know, but um, it's been frustrating if to say the least. I also think that um, the way that I like to play these games uh, is really just not how Hearthstone's played anymore, which is maybe a preference thing. But um, I've been frustrated with the 
incredible amount of um, tempo swing cards when it comes to life totals. So what I mean by that is back in OG Hearthstone days, you know, and Gibby as a priest uh, main probably knows this, the best healing uh, was either in priest and priest was one of the few priest and paladin, one of the few classes that had healing that could also deal damage things like Holy wrath for paladin, which was like a deal three heal four, I think. Uh, and Holy Nova, uh, for, which is a deal two to everything and heal two. Um, and now you're looking at cards that are just so wacky out of proportion in terms of the tempo swings. Because before, if you wanted to heal, some classes didn't even have healing. And if you wanted to heal, you were giving up board uh, tempo, right? Like it would be something like, okay, I'm going to heal for eight. Like I think there was a, a shaman card, which was just like three mana heal for eight or four mana heal for eight or something crazy like that, right? But like it wasn't crazy because you're not getting a body on the board along with the healing. You're not removing anything from the opponent's board. But now you're looking at things like the Death Knight Hunter card, which is new, the Fell Hound or something like that, which is a six mana rush lifesteal with three attack and it's a Hydra thing where it attacks like the minion and uh, the adjacent minions. So it can actually rush and clear a uh, deal nine damage, potentially clearing a board while also healing up to nine in the same swing on the same turn. It was played. You've got a, a death Knight card uh, deal six, heal six for four. Yeah. You've got another death Knight card, by the way, that is a uh, infesting thing. Kind of like the file used to be for warlock where it, deals two to everything that's infested and heals two from all those things and triggers again if it doesn't kill them paladin's got a, a butt ton of you know uh deal damage heal damage which maybe feels a little bit tighter in the class but so does druid so does warlock now so does hunter it's absolutely out of control the amount of um like like health stabilization that is tempo efficient and mana efficient um and it makes playing more aggressive decks uh feel really 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 crappy and more than that it ruins the ability as a player for you to do some interesting plays where you're pushing for two turn lethals right it's almost always correct it feels right now at least to a returning player it's almost always correct uh correct to just continue to make efficient board trades and hope that they don't have efficient board trades back and the game's because of that, even the games in which you're playing like a mid-range deck, I've been playing like Big Hunter, even the games in which you're playing that, take freaking forever. Because, games. because everybody just smacks each other heals, smacks each other heals. Nobody ever bothers to push damage on the face, or if they do, it's only out of the fact that they have nothing else to hit. I, I've been really disappointed, frankly, with the... Um, direction that hearthstone has gone in terms of like you know i don't know if i don't know if hearthstone players reported like we don't like when there's aggressive decks but now it basically seems like everyone is playing at best mid-range with the exception of like a couple aggro decks i think face hunter i've played it i think it's garbage i know that like maybe it's doing well but at least with me playing against people with blinged out decks feels terrible um especially because it's so polarized based on if you're running into something that is you know healing and it continues to perpetuate the idea of this rock paper scissors environment where you know if you play uh, a face hunter and you run into another sort of aggressive deck with less healing it feels great run into anything else feels terrible and it's going to continue in that cycle that i was really hoping that hearthstone had figured out by now so as far as standard goes you know i i hate to say it to the audience i know we've got more uh, going on but you know thus far i've been very very disappointed with it there's some cool cards don't get me wrong and some strategies that seem neat um i just don't see how at least if you're and i don't know if it's because gibby and i have the are returning to our old accounts and maybe our way back hidden mmr is still like showing us as active good players with decent win rates but for whatever reason i'm just like i don't feel like i'm in you know, bronze tier playing against people that are like me returning to the game or newer to the game and are still learning the cards. You know, it, it feels, it feels God awful. 
Now, by the flip so, side, Battlegrounds feels fantastic. Oh, okay. So you're still enjoying Battlegrounds. I, I mean, I, I log on and I do a couple Hearthstone games in standard just to, you know, for the sake of research. Uh, for science. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much it. And I'm always just excited to finally be done with that. You know, play a couple games for whatever quest it is so that I can go play Battlegrounds. Um, it's just, it's a great well, game. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're enjoying the auto battler. Um, you know, I've had a couple of experience with it. I do have a question. Um, what rank are you? Like, what is your actual rank in game? Do any, do either of you know? Oh, I don't just know. Top, like, all you have to do is go like into Hearthstone and click. Bronze five or six at this point, maybe. Well, bronze isn't a, is it a thing? Isn't it? I I think yeah, you know, bronze is bronze is the is the bottom. So you go from bronze to silver to gold, platinum, diamond, and then legend. Yep. It used yeah, it used to be like you had like uh, just a numerical rank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would go from like thirty to like twenty five or something like that, and then you'd get like a new thing, and then you'd go like the next bracket would be like you'd have stars from twenty five to twenty, and then you basically were working your way all the way down to like one. Okay. And then you hit legend and then legend had a almost like an MMR number that yeah. was from legend. It was then try to get like as close to rank one as you could within the legendary rank. Yep. But um, I'm sitting at silver one. Okay. So, it, but it says silver one, correct? Yeah. Yes. There's numbers yeah. associated with each of the internal ranks. So, so mine, you have your color border and then you click, if you you have your color border and a number. If you click on your color border when you go to like just about start a game in Hearthstone proper, like you if you click on your little the little portrait, it'll show you all of the rank system. Okay, so what's your number? I am one. I'm silver one. Okay, so I think that's the difference. Uh, I'm in an entirely different system. Like I'm not. I'm literally not as in a that new system. Player. As a new player. Um, I am rank 29 and I have an orange slice with a wooden border. Um, what? I have no idea what that means, but I am not. So it's, there's, okay. So I'm they're, looking they're, up right they're, now. They're, they're, they're shoehorning you into only other new players, probably. Yes. So new player ranks to Hearthstone start the apprentice league, which contains 40 ranks and, uh, from apprentice, a 40 to apprentice 41. These ranks are exclusive to new players. And uh, and players cannot lose stars in these ranks. Many rewards are given for climbing the Apprentice League. Players can earn three packs upon reaching milestones, um, one for each of the three most recent expansions. Upon achieving Apprentice 1 in the entire Apprentice League, the player earns two classic packs, two packs for each of the most recent Hearthstone expansions. The player will then be promoted to Bronze 10, uh, gaining access to normal player ranks and the ability to play wild play with wild cards. So that's where I am. That is why our new player, our experiences have been so vastly different is I am in this, I'm in this, I'm in this little safe bubble where only me and other people who are new to the game exist. And you're not technically new (laughs) and I'm not technically new. I mean, I'm new in the fact that I have no cards, but stay in your safe bubble. Yeah. Honestly, the thing is here, I'll say this too. Like I, it may I've lost more than I wish. I, I wish I could say I haven't lost as much as I lost, but I've also won a good amount too. And I can honestly say that um, when I win, it still isn't, doesn't feel as satisfying. Um, and I don't know if maybe I've just like, I've got a chip on my shoulder with this game and I'm like, it's, e- it's easy for me to, and I'm not giving it a fair shake, but this is just so far from the type of, um, you know, uh, so so uh, let me let me say this: like Gibby, like comparing to um, L5R, right? Which you and I played a lot. A lot of the cards you played would give you small advantages, right? Micro advantages that like influence mm-hmm. things. Every card in Hearthstone is this big, ridiculous, overpowered affair. Every single card, and when you have something like that, it ceases to feel like the little decisions you make are mattering, like the placement. Okay. Where do I want to place this minion on the board? And where do I want to, you know, how the order in which I play them when the next turn, it just deal three damage to everything. It's all gone. You know, Mm. the little things that I feel used to matter more in Hearthstone and, 
you know, would matter more. Uh, and I know that like board wipes have always been a thing in Hearthstone, but between that and just the raw amount of rush minions, damage, you know, deal damage, heal. Here's the thing: like I, I'm not seeing creatures being played if they don't either get you a card in your hand or deal damage to something either through rush or an effect. Nothing else gets played, um, and it means that expressing skill across multiple terms uh turns in a strategic fashion just feels most of the time pointless what i will what i'll say when since we're comparing it to to legends of the five rings i mean maybe one of the biggest differences that i think maybe contributes to your feelings about what you do over the course of multiple turns not necessarily having as big of an impact well, one one for Legends of the Five Rings, for those that aren't familiar with the game, it was very much a call and response type, type of, of tempo between you and your opponent, your one-on-one opponent, where you would play a card, even if you were the, whether you were the attacker or you were the defender in the encounter, you would play a card and then your opponent, depending if it was like a reaction or something like that, or if it was just a regular card, they would then be able to um, play a card at, back at you and then it would go back and forth until until neither person had anything further that they wanted to do and then the encounter would resolve um with hearthstone it is a completely different story where you're playing everything under the sun that you want to play from your hand or anything that you collect into your hand from an rng uh perspective if you play a card that says summon or create two cards in your hand that are fire spells okay well now you've got two fire spells in your hand if you have the mana to play them you can play them there there is just this you're almost playing in these giant waves so by design hearthstone is very much a swingy game is what it i've always remembered it that way it's always felt that way to me in in but the only difference to maybe highlight further what your point is here dbn is hearthstone's been out for so long and what ha- what happens to every game over the course of time the developers have to one up themselves or have yeah, to continue to create power creep is absolutely a thing it's it's not something it's something that's very it's becoming increasingly more easy to identify in games as we are beginning more experience in a wide variety of games we're seeing it happen in in multiple different varieties uh, but sometimes it's just so undeniable and in your face that these cards are not are not the same power level of the things that used to be that it is hard to it's hard to ignore and it's maybe as an as a maybe that's a great commentary as a returning player is that it's hard to it's hard to adjust it's hard to adjust my logic and my thought process of what I expect my opponent to be able to accomplish in a turn even on this wave based system that because of what I used to expect my opponent to be able to do that it, it's hard. Maybe you underestimate what you are going to be able to do by the time your next turn comes around, because there are so much more powerful cards that your opponent can do so much more with so much less mana on a single turn that you over evaluate your position in the game. By the time your turn comes around, you're in a, you're flipped over. You're completely on your head and you had four minions and now you have none of them and your opponent's got two things on their side and it's only turn five or turn six. Yeah. But does that because they played an AOE fun is out of the question. That's, that's not necessarily what I'm, (laughs) what I'm getting at, but what I'm, what what I'm saying is as a returning player, I think it is frustrating for you and I to over overestimate our position in games and we're losing more because we don't expect what's coming. Well, there's a certain and, degree, and neither of us are experts. A, that's on, true, but there's a certain degree of this that you're right. We don't know the cards in the meta yet. We're still learning that. Exactly. That's absolutely the case, and that's what makes being paired against all these people that clearly have been playing this game with, you know, well, two new classes too, right? Demon huh? Hunter and Death Knight have been Demon Hunter and Death Knight have been added. So, like, there's an entirely two new classes to learn as well, which I have found to be one of the harder parts is I'll come up against class like, geez, oh man, I don't even know what the base cards for this, like what is even the identity of this class, right? So I, I, I agree right. with that. And, and I think, but I think too that like, you know, there are plenty of turns where you look at your hand and what you need to play is obvious. I mean, I'm, I'm not, 
that's every game. There's plenty of games where you, you look at your hand and you're like, okay, what I need to play is obvious. But I can honestly say it's not a whole lot of fun when you play three or four things and they're all gone before they get to do anything. Like, that's not fun. And I can I can separate fun from balance here. And whether or not Hearthstone is balanced is not what I'm caring about. What I'm kind of getting at here is I'm what it take what what Hearthstone has been feeling in order to both play the game and win and the kinds of combos that are strong uh, have been very unappealing play patterns to both play and interact with. Um, part of the reason I, I always gravitated towards Hunter was because it was a very proactive play pattern compared to Mage, which would sit back and put counter spells and play, you know, fireballs and just say no all the time, right? And Mark knows from the Tesla days, I, I always hated say no, just say no decks, you know? And I always felt like it was a very unfun play pattern, especially when you had Prophecy Piercing Javelins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that's just my criticism, man. I, I just don't, I think that yeah. I, I think, Gibby, you're right. Like there's a component where, you know, you and I are losing more than we would if we were up to date on other cards and up to date on, you know, what level of power things are at now compared to then. And then I think there's a separate argument, which is that, like, I don't think that that's a direction that it seems like a good direction to continue pushing the I game. I don't think so either. I think it's I think it is very swingy and it, and it doesn't necessarily create a, a good and a good feeling environment for your for your opponent because you feel you feel so much more out of, more often than not when you lose a game you'll feel less in control because your opponent most likely did five things especially with in the later turns where mana gets higher and you have the ability to accomplish more in a turn it's going to feel like you had less control over your own destiny and what happened the outcome of the game versus what did your opponent draw in their hand granted there was always an aspect of that to hearthstone but now it's escalated because there are more powerful cards in the game than there ever were. And especially when you, the, the level of RNG, which was always a, a complaint of some people, even back in classic Hearthstone, is that there was so much RNG for the amount of what cards you could create in your hand. Or um, you play one card that draws you two cards or, or creates two class cards in your hand, and you end up drawing two very, very powerful spells that win you the game when the power of the individual cards have continued to escalate, you just have so much less control in your, in, in your outcome of your games than you ever previously had. And even then it was questionable that, yeah, it's just, it's tough. It's tough to rationalize sometimes. Why did I lose this game? Because we, as, as skill expressive players want to at least understand or have some say in how the game goes. And sometimes you just don't. And that's hard. That's hard to, to deal with, especially when you're doing it over and over and over again. I think there's a conversation around that too, right? Obviously, happiness is a subjective term. Um, you know, what makes one person happy and enjoy the game is maybe just winning. Very true. What makes me and DBN happy is definitely feeling like we were able to contribute to the game through deck building. Yeah, there's, there's lots of different things, right? There's a reason why some people still love Legends of Runeterra, and I don't find Legends of Runeterra to be any fun. All of that, with but with all that being said, I think one of the things I wanted to sort of knock on a little bit was one of the two of the things that i think that hearthstone was struggling with years ago when i played was power creep which sort of the claim was we're introducing the wild format to stop that from happening i don't think that's been the case i I think from my experience here i think that power creep has continued um the other thing i think is you know one of the issues that i think hearthstone was having then was class identity i don't think that that's been resolved i actually think that that has been exasperated um, I think that every class can kind of heal. I think that every class can kind of pressure damage. I think that every class can mid-range. I think that every class can control. I think that every class can burst. Um, I think that every class can flood the board. Um, I haven't, I, you know, whatever. I guess Druid has a singular ramp spell that you probably don't play because it's been nerfed several times. You know, sure, I guess some classes have secrets. But one of the things that's been really noticeable is like every class has the ability to theoretically generate almost infinite value right there used to be a time in hearthstone where it was like if you were the aggro player you could sort of run your control player opponent out of resources over time 
right? They would just not be able to keep up as long as you could draw. If you were the control player, you could run your aggro player out of resources by getting good trades, right? Uh, that doesn't really seem to be the case in this game anymore. Um, what I have found is it doesn't really matter what I play, you know, and, and, and I think that Hearthstone was verging on this back then, right? With Burgle Rogue, which wasn't good, arguably, but it created so many random cards that it would never run out of value. Um, with, like, Steel Priest, uh, you know, Priest was stealing stuff from your opponent, um, really never had to run out of value. With Random Spells Mage, um, really never had to run out of value. And what I have found is it's actually been the case all the time. Now, my experience has been way different than you guys in the fact that I am playing against people with very similar you know, very, very similar collections to me. I'm playing in these low ranks with people who, who are genuinely new to the game and really don't know how to play the game. I win more often than I lose. That being said, I lose the first handful of games I play with a new class every time because I don't have any cards for it. And for the first 10 levels, it unlocks cards for you. So for the first theoretically 10 games, I am very consistently losing. Once I get all the cards for the class that they're just going to hand to you, which has been relatively generous, I think so, I can usually put together basically a classic list, right? I was able to put together basically a control mage. I was able to put together basically a miracle rogue. I was able to put together a ramp druid. I was able to put together a mid-range shaman, right? I have, with the cards that they give you, you can put together a basic archetype of each class. And occasionally I will run into people who whether they've just bought stuff in the game and they're still at my rank, they've never gotten out of my rank and they've collected cards through arena or through mercenaries or through something else. And they'll come in and it's just like, I'll never run you out of resources. Like every, their hand always has 10 cards in it, always has 10 cards in it. Like they're just always, every card they play generates cards or draws cards or something. And it really doesn't seem to matter a lot what class that is. Um, every class seems to kind of be able to do it. So I, I, my opinion is, I think there's an issue with class identity in this game that is worse than what it was five years ago. I think there's a problem with power creep that is worse than what it was five years ago. Um, I think that what is better than five years ago is the new player experience of collecting cards. I think the new player experience of collecting cards is better. I think that the options are better right now than they were four or five years ago when you log in i think there are other ways to play that maybe suit the, the way you want your brain to work that day that are better than what we had a couple years ago which was really just hearthstone ranked and unranked wild or not wild that was the only options arena and tavern brawl once a week it's the only options that we had we're way more now than what we used to have i think that mm -hmm. is an improvement but the actual card pool and meta i've just not been inspired by either i have not been like and i'm playing in a world where i'm winning a pretty decent number of my games and I'm building the collection. And even at that, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm not saying it's not for me, but I'm not like, Oh man, new cards, man. <laughs> like I'm not like, I, I'm still very confused by the shop. I cannot figure out what packs <laughs> do. Um, the, the, the shop is always telling me there's something new in it. I don't think there's ever something new in it. Um, I, 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 I buying packs. I'm told on stream that I'm buying the wrong stuff. I need to be buying these mini sets. I don't even know what I a, mini a mini set, set is. Yeah. Okay. I guess, I guess, can you buy it for gold? Is yeah, that what it's 2000 gold and you get a ton of, Basically, when they do, they they'll release a pack, and then they'll do a second like update to the pack, which is I think in their mind designed it probably helps diversify the um, income coming in, you know, across multiple. It, it'll probably um, from a marketing and and sales perspective probably help create more stable and less fluctuations of income. But uh, the other sure. thing too is that um, I think the idea is that it it can serve to address um metas with a new infusion of cards more often so the base set comes out hmm. and there's like 75 cards or it may not be 75 but however many cards are pulled out of it you open packs you get those cards you get you know and then this mini set drops there those cards are added to the pack so that you can pull those cards now if you continue to open packs the the pack pool is expanded but you can also get all of them in one fell swoop with 2000 gold or I, I don't know, I'm sure 20 bucks or 20 whatever. Bucks, yeah, I think something like that. So, and I, I went ahead and I, I saved uh, my gold that I was getting through the, you know, returning player stuff that I was getting through the, um, you know, uh, battle pass or, or whatever that is and held it back and held it back until I had 2000 and I got the new, 
the mini set from uh, Festival of Legends or whatever, where I got the ridiculous Death Knight slash Hunter um, charge heal dog, the Cerberus okay. uh, thing. It, yeah, I mean, I'm look, as a, hunt, right uh, I, as a quote unquote Hunter player, and I think it's ridiculous that I'm calling myself that it's more out of nostalgia than anything else, because I used to love Hunter back in the day. It felt like it had a clearer identity than it does now. Can you imagine back in the day if they printed a, a you know, a, a rush six mana, three attack hits three things and heals for each one? Can you imagine that? Crazy crazy they still have an identity it's still beasts it's just beasts that are it's like not a, it's like a demon beast so thing. linear and then you've got mechs and hunter which i guess was happening right at the end of what i was doing which i always thought was stupid you know i don't know i just i agree with you mark in, in short i agree with you i think the fact that you've got priest with a ton of undead and like mechs in priest and like it just feels all over the place and I, undead I can see in priest, but undead is also in like half of the other. Yeah, classes and I too. don't get that. I just, I guess, I just, you know, I, I there's think, totems in neutral. There's neutral there's, totems. There's neutral totem. Like this, this totem I'm looking at right now is a paladin shaman totem. So yeah, because they 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 reintroduced some multi class uh, cards that that fit in multiple classes. Yeah. So you know what you know what card is is very common now and i think this is has contributed to our feeling about this that is over time um the game has introduced a lot of subclasses of cards like we're talking about like mechs and totems and undead and other new like nuanced yeah tribal tags thank you that's the word i was looking for they've introduced a lot of new tribal tags and a card that i'm seeing quite prevalent in hearthstone is the idea of if you've played this amount of if you've played this kind of card while while I'm in your hand or if you have this kind of card out on the board and you play me generate this kind of generate that kind of card in your hand and there's a lot of those in the game both in class and in neutrals that are just creating such consistent resource extension across all the different subtypes of the tribal tags that it, it that's kind of where what you're talking about Ian is it's kind of what I've narrowed it down to is is there is there's there is no such thing as running out of resources anymore it doesn't feel like it because if you are if you have access to a large portion if not all of the collection at this point you don't half of your deck is probably going to be resource extension of some sort and it'll probably be tribal based resource extension that will generate you more things that synergize with the things that you've already put in your deck that you can count on. So it's, yeah, so aggro, aggro is really tough to to play unless it's a specific kind of aggro that just has answers to the things that it, that would be, that would be played against in other popular classes, which wasn't usually, wasn't, didn't used to be the case. Yeah. I mean, so it used to be that, um, well, we can get into used to be. I, I, I've kind of said what I need to say on that. I will say this though: I do find it frustrating and just disappointing that the iconic Hearthstone cards, and this is nostalgia talking, not it's not realistic, but I just still find it frustrating that I look at the Hunter cards, I look at the Hunter, um, like core cards where they're they're golden and everything that you know, um, the Freezing Trap quick shot animal companion deadly shot hmm. these were staple like foundational cards in that game for so long and they're all garbage now and nothing about them has changed but compared to everything else out there they're terrible hmm. They are now the the collection fodder yeah. that are just cluttering up your inventory that you're like, that card? I'm not putting that in my deck. Savannah High Main is laughably garbage. Which is so interesting because those were like staples that we kind of said, like they need to rotate them because they're limiting design space. And Savannah High Main hit the, hit the board and you're like, uh-oh, game over. Like You're like, well, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to clear that in time. Yeah, now it's, uh-oh, sure. game over. I got this guy. He dared to play Savannah High Main. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, I think that, it, it, you know, there's been some cards. What's interesting is there's been some cards in the classic set that they have rotated out. Like, I don't have Frostbolt yeah. anymore. 
Um, you know, I, I'm a mage without Frostbolt. I have a, a lot of other cards, just don't have that one. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there's still Fireball. And I, I, you know, in my, in where I'm at, I still play Fireball. I don't know if I'd play Fireball as I got further in because there's so many of these crazy spells that like do removal and then also add a spell or two to your hand. And so there's not really a reason to play a spell that does one thing, right? There's so many spells that do two things or three things or whatever have you. Um, and so I, I think as we continue to explore Hearthstone, I suspect that we will continue over the next month or two, month and a half, something like that, to explore a little more of Battlegrounds and Mercenaries. Um, because I, I'm going to finish getting out. I'm going to get out of this like dummy rank now that I know that I'm in it. I'm going to get out of it. And then I want to report back as to what it's like after I'm done with dummy rank. Um, because I'm really curious if the because what a wall it would be what a wall you would hit if you dummy ranked and unlocked all of the all of the base cards that you got for each class and you were like oh i'm bronze 10 let's go i'm finally like i I can play with people and then and then my if my experience was like your experience dbn where the only people that i'm going up against are totally blinged out fully built meta decks yeah and i am leagues away from being able to do that without spending copious amounts of money then the new player experience is a farce, right? It's it's smoke and mirrors, and then it's horrible. Like they get you hooked, and then it's real bad. Well, and and you know, just to be clear, everybody I play against has a golden portrait character with golden hero power. I only have one of those. Yeah, like I only I I'm a returning player with only one of those. Um, you know, and I I did run a, into one deck that had I don't know if. I don't want to over exaggerate, but I remember looking at all of their cards and everything that they that it seemed like everything they played was golden. Now maybe mm-hmm. they're like I don't know if it's a fully blinged out deck, but I remember going, "Dude, this guy has golden everything." Well, I don't know if you if you remember, I don't know if you know in the shop or not, but you can buy golden packs now. You yeah, can buy which... like packs that have all golden cards. Right. That's like, that's like... money, baby. <laughs> yeah that's all that's all cash Here, here's a here's a fun quick trip down memory lane, memory lane as i'm sure we're drawing this episode to a to a close do you remember the audio voice line that would play when you would open a pack yeah. and you got a golden legendary uh the i know it was exciting the, <laughs> the tavern guys scream of golden, golden legendary. Legendary. it was <laughs> As we're talking about goldens, that's all that pops into my head, and it, it brings me happiness. I think I cracked my does. first golden legendary on the uh, the the set that was uh, like the the like uh, the, the competing the competing set, like the jousting set, which yeah. is an awful set, by mm. the way. I picked up my first one. I, I think that, that had like the first skeletal dragon card in it, and I got what? that one as a golden legendary. Oh, Aniyan, I, I can picture that card oh, too. Yeah. But what was the name? Of, what was the name of that? Uh, that said, it wasn't something, of, something trial of tournament of champions, trial of tournament. champions. Yes, well, I think it was tournament. It was I'm pretty sure tournament was in there. Yeah, but that's where you yeah. got like Murloc infusion, uh, like for the first time. They got some Murloc cards that actually made Murloc grand tournament. It grand was called tournament. the grand. Tournament. I loved the jousting mechanic though. Yeah, it was pretty bad, but it, it was, was bad. Fun. But I there was like one it. or two joust so cards fun. that were decent, but most of them were pretty awful. You know, there was a paladin like javelin guy that was pretty good for jousting. Like if you if you won, he got like he got taunt and divine shield or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I remember there was a murloc on top of a turtle with a jousting thing. I don't. I do I remember, remember that. that. That was really. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. 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 Good times. Well, guys, that trip down nostalgia lane, our disappointment and our excitement for the different things that Hearthstone has done well and things they've done a little less than well. We're going to go explore a little bit more and report back. We wanted to get, I think, another episode out like really early July. You may have to get like a double episode right at the end of July because I'm going to be away for a while. When I get back, we'll get recording and come back and talk a little bit more about our Hearthstone experience. And once again, guys, thanks for tuning in and listening to the episode. We really appreciate all your support. If you have not left us a rating and review over on, you know, wherever it is you're listening to this, go and leave one. It helps other people find us. And if you want to support the show, consider visiting us on Patreon. There is a link in the chat. You can go and, you know, give a nickel or a, or a dime. Or thousand dollars, uh, or ten penny, uh, or ten pennies, uh, or you know whatever. Hey, listen, guys, we need to we do this show. We need to be able to buy things like like slacks and milk and 
uh, we milk. need your support for milk and eggs. Things are expensive. Shout out to Greg. Yeah. Bread. <laughs> okay. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in guys. Be sure to come back for the next one. Thanks for listening to this episode of legends cast. You can join our podcast community by joining discord using the link in the description of this episode. You can become a supporter of the show by visiting patreon.com slash camp legend. And don't forget to check out all of the other shows in the camp legend podcast network. 